In the early 2000s, a prominent investment management firm launched an advertising campaign that irks me today as much as it did back then. Its title, the right way to invest. The advertiser stated this emphatically and confidently, as if there was only one way to invest, as if they had the correct recipe that no one else did. Investors, this is utter nonsense. And if you hear your investment manager claiming they do it right, and everyone else does it wrong, you best pack up your money and find another manager, as there's no single right way to invest. There's no absolute in the business of managing money in public markets. My opinion, the only right way to invest is to try to meet the goals and objectives of your client base while setting realistic expectations up front. And with that sermon behind me, I put away my soapbox and give you the title of this week's video the wrong way to invest, chasing fads, chasing styles, and chasing performance. But before we get it started, please click on both the subscribe button and the notification bell, so you'll be alerted when we upload our newest Oak Harvest content. Or even better yet, give us a call at 877-896-0040 to set up an initial meeting with one of our retirement planning specialists. Investors, I've been entrusted by clients to manage large sums of other people's money professionally, also called OPM, to actually pull the trigger to manage risk and reward, not just on a spreadsheet or in a report, but also in real public equity markets now for almost 30 years. It's safe to say I've made my share of mistakes over the years. In fact, when an institutional salesperson solicits me and Oak Harvest nowadays about their new or approved financial product, it's safe to say the vast majority of times I'm quick to pass on the new thing. I often tell prospects, I've learned enough ways to lose money over the last 30 years. I don't need another one. Investors, Turn on the TV and you'll see almost every strategist, newsletter writer, or analyst give you their opinion on how to make money in stocks in the markets. Almost no one focuses on what not to do. Over the course of my career, a career in which I've managed or helped manage virtually every size and style of public equity from large cap aggressive growth stocks, heavy in technology, to small and micro cap value stocks, from large institutional mutual funds in the tens of billions, pension fund accounts, or long short hedge funds, or as I am now at Oak Harvest, smaller individual RIA portfolios, the absolute best way I've found to lose money in the stock market or miss your goals and objectives is to let your emotions control your actions and chase performance or style. What am I talking about? I'm talking about chasing whatever asset class or investment style is currently hot or what was hot last year at the expense of your longer term asset allocation or longer term style. Remember investors, equities are long-term assets and their expected return profile, the key word there is expected, in any given year, while statistically is positive, around 9% annually, is also widely variable in any given year. For this video, I'm gonna use three indexes most investors are familiar with to prove my point. The first index is the cash S&P 500, that's the SPX index, which is most people's proxy for the overall US equity market. It's market cap weighted with the biggest stocks like Apple and Microsoft weighing most heavily. The second index is the NASDAQ composite, the CCMP, which I'll use to represent growth stock investing. This index is comprised of largely faster growing large cap technology stocks paying little to no dividends whose terminal value is years, if not decades in the future. This index is also weighted by market cap. To represent value stocks and the value style of investing that favors dividends or slower growth, more stable growth companies, I'm gonna use the Dow Jones Industrial Index which is only 30 stocks, but it's price weighted. The index ticker there is usually INDU. Here's a comparison of the price return, total return, and annualized return of each of these indexes since the end of the great financial crisis in the second quarter of 2009. Investors, 14 years of returns, and what would you expect under a lower interest rate environment like we've mainly had? 
The biggest returns on an annualized basis are from the NASDAQ composite and growth stocks, compounding at over 17% per year. The overall S&P 500 compounded at much higher than normal return of about 14.5% per year, and the more value bias, less volatile Dow Jones index also compounded at over 13.5% for 14 years. All indexes with huge and historical excess returns versus the long-term expected return of equities of 9 to 10%. So let's shrink this holding period to return since the COVID lows in the early second quarter of 2020. So now we're only looking at the last three years. Here are those returns. The ranking of the total return of the three indexes remains the same as the longer term 14 year time horizon since the great financial crisis. However, one can see that the magnitude of the difference between the three indexes has shrunk considerably. In fact, over this holding period, the higher growth NASDAQ index, whose stocks pay little way of cash dividends, has barely edged out the passive S&P 500 index and its cash dividend in total return. Even the slow growth higher dividend Dow Jones average has returned over 18.5% compounded off the COVID lows. I'm going to further break down the last three years to show you how chasing style as an investor can get you into loads of trouble. So we all remember the second half of 2020 and 2021 when technology stocks and speculative assets like crypto and SPACs were in vogue. If you had chased those asset classes and invested in them at year-end 2021 or early 2022, what happened? Here's the outcome since then. The worst 18-month overall performance has come from or highly volatile technology stocks, down minus 16%, followed by the S&P 500, down minus 8%, still point-to-point, point, including dividends. Even though the Dow Jones Index is still down point-to-point point since year-end 2021, your road to almost flat has been much less volatile as dividends you received along the way kept your investment more stable. Although dividend and value stocks were generally in the red in 2022 overall, they did outperform the S&P 500 by threefold and the NASDAQ Composite by fivefold in 2022. Here's that data. Seeing this performance, maybe at the end of 2022, you decided to chase performance and reallocate out of one style of equities into another, out of aggressive growers into less volatile, slower growth dividend stocks because of their more stable 2022 returns and the nonstop media stories about a looming recession in the first half of 2023 or a coming debt ceiling collapse. You decided to alter your longer term asset mix within your equity bucket. You decided to sell growth and buy value. So how's that data looking in 2023? Pretty poor year to date. Here are those returns. The tech-heavy NASDAQ is back to crushing the overall S&P 500 short-term, while the slower-growth Dow Jones Index is bringing up the rear year-to-date while still paying you a near 3% dividend. However, over the last one, two, and three-year periods, point-to-point point, through the end of May, your total return in each of these indexes, in each of these styles, was essentially the same. The moral of this story, the wrong way to invest when greed kicks in and you're thinking about changing the horse mid-race for a faster looking horse, take a deep breath and think again. Likewise, when fear kicks in, when the markets are turbulent and choppy, first, don't quit the race. And second, don't get off the existing horse and search for a calmer ride mid-race. That almost always is the wrong decision to make long-term. Flip-flopping between goals and objectives, for example, I need more growth in my portfolio, I need more income, is not how equity markets work. There are no guarantees in the market, except the exact path forward is always uncertain. And making asset allocation decisions in your portfolio, be it stocks or bond mix or equity style, changes are best made when markets are calm and emotions are running low. 
Making emotional decisions when markets are volatile and we're feeling highs and lows as an investor is the wrong way to invest in my book. Here at Oak Harvest, we have many tools that our advisors use to help our clients meet their retirement goals and objectives. These tools are both market-based and insurance-based, and we can use both to meet your retirement goals. The future in the stock markets are always uncertain. That's why our retirement planning teams plan your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call here to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. For myself, the rest of the investment team here at Oak Harvest, Troy and Jessica and everyone else, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.